Hi, this is Tina Black, and this is the B-Series Podcast. Today, we'll be exploring untold stories of transformation and leadership. We hope you'll subscribe and check out the B-Books and send us your stories of transformation after listening. All right, so today I'm sitting here with Cindy Garza, which I actually met her at a John Maxwell training in Orlando, Florida, and it was so cool to meet you, Cindy, because I knew immediately that we were going to be lifelong friends. We connected right away, and and it was such a blessing to be able to be a part of your podcast, Optimize Success, which I absolutely love it, by the way, so you have to listen to that. So thank you for being on, Cindy. Yes, thank you for having me. And I knew that too, the minute I met you, your smile and your books and your salon you had set up at the conference was just so much fun. Thank you so much. Yes, we enjoy doing that salon there. My team donates all their time, their own money to be there to raise money for different charities. And it's just really a special, special time. So we been going twice a year since 2013. So, so let me introduce you all to Cindy Garza. Uh, she's a leader, business owner, speaker, training, trainer, and in the middle of finishing up her first book for print. Can't wait to hear all about that. She also started her own podcast, April 2019. Cindy was hired seven years ago by a national firm to build a sales team out in Michigan. My fellow Michigander here. At the time, there was no salespeople in Michigan. She strategically recruited, trained, and coached a sales force of over 130 people to take the number one spot nationally in sales for seven straight years at just under half a billion in sales each year. Since 2001, Cindy has been in leadership positions where she's able to quickly discover strengths within people and build on those strengths to stretch people further than they had ever imagined for themselves. She opened up her own coaching and training company with a strong passion to help women last year titled Optimized Success. Cindy is a firm believer in ownership and leadership. She lives by the motto, you are entirely up to you within 30 days of her business, was profitable and growing each month. Cindy's 12-step method optimizes success in all areas of development. If you're looking to grow your sales force, increase your individual sales, expand your leadership skills, and to grow your entire business, you will want to learn her steps to achieve this. Check out her website, everybody, right now, OptimizeSuccessCoaching.com. Of course, if you're driving, don't do that. Continue to listen to the podcast here. <laughs> so, Cindy, thank you so thank much. You, First of all, I want to hear, why did you come up with that motto, you are entirely up to you? Where did that come from? You know, I think it was just gaining clarity in what I wanted. And a lot of times we are focused on what others want for us and trying to be a pleaser and I finally made a decision it's you know it's what I want it's up to me and um so I've been following that pretty closely (laughs) wow okay so this is crazy you just said that because every year my team and I we pick a word for the year and my executive director over all of our companies and we also run next level salon business where we coach salon owners and managers his word this year is clarity And so when you said that gaining clarity, and that's the whole thing, because I'd have to say at least 85% of my staff is people pleasers. 
rather than people challengers. And, and that's a challenge for me as a leader because that that hurts, right? It hurts right. the company. And so talk through that process. How did you gain that? How did that transformation happen? This is called the B series, B-E series, meaning that what happens to most people is they're just always doing, right? Always right. doing things, just kind of like covering up and putting their head down and doing, doing, doing. They forget about being. So talk about that process and where your transformation began, Cindy. Yeah, I'd love to. So we were in the mortgage business. We still are in the mortgage business. My husband and I work together and we had just kind of got situated after the big mortgage meltdown and we were working at a local community bank and the quote, good is the evil enemy of great really hit home. So we were good. Things were fine. We were doing all right. And we weren't really thinking about being present, to use your words. And one of my employees, her mom called me and she said, Cindy, I need you to leave the bank and find a new home because my daughter's just not happy there anymore and she won't leave you. So you need to leave. And I went home, I talked to my husband about it and he said, you know, if she's feeling like that, I wonder if others are feeling that way. And honestly, Tina, that was kind of the big kick in the butt I needed because we were safe, we were good, but we weren't great. And I wasn't really paying attention to my surroundings and the people who were loyal to me. You just kind of go through your day. I didn't realize that I was impacting so many different lives. And so my husband and I resigned from the bank right after that. We had no idea where we were going. We just started interviewing companies and we wanted to find a really good home where everyone would excel and grow their careers. And we ended up finding a company that wasn't even in Michigan. And we asked them, you know, if they would be open to us starting a branch there in Michigan. And so we, we joined the company uh, eight years ago, the week between Christmas and New Year's. And the entire region from that local community bank joined us um, every position. And today, all but one are still with us. And so we were that first branch in Michigan. And then, as you said, when you were reading my bio, we've grown it. It's actually going to close over $600 million in sales this year. And wow. so um, it, was, it was a big transformation for me in leadership. So I always enjoyed helping people and helping them grow their careers. But I didn't realize what an impact and what a responsibility I had. Mm. And so ever since then, I've really paid attention, but present. And then last, well, it was October 18, no, excuse me, October 17, I opened Optimized Success right after a John Maxwell conference. And I wanted to start giving back to others. So now I coach outside of the mortgage company. I um, do some training and leadership. And it's just, that was a big transformation for me that, it's a big responsibility and I can't take it lightly. Yeah. Where did you come up with the name Optimize Success, by the way? You know, it was funny because um, we have a good friend who's an attorney. And I know your husband's an attorney and he was just brainstorming with us one night and he's like, how do you like Optimize Success? And it just really resonated. And I'm like, you know what? I like that. Yeah. I, like it. I love that. What does success mean to you? So many things happiness, uh, a lot of time with my family, um, 
making a difference when I'm around people, when I work with people, um, help, um, love, good relationships. It's just so many things. It's not yeah. just business, but I, you know, I'm, I've always been really into business. I've just always have loved it from day one. I remember my mom saying, you know, you really can't have a career and a successful family. And I was like, oh, no, 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 I'm going to prove you wrong. And, um, you know, and I'm very, very close with my mom. And I talk to her every single day. And she, she's like, you proved me wrong because I have two beautiful daughters that I'm very close with, a grandbaby and two wonderful son-in-laws. <laughs> and been happily married for 32 years. So and we work together. Couldn't get my daughters into that, but they're, they do their own thing. And they're very successful in their business as well. I love that. And, you know, I want to back up a little bit because I love that you said that success means to you happiness is probably the number one thing that I hear from people. And it sounds to me what was happening to you is that you had uh, just kind of were numb at, at that time in your life and you were just kind of just existing. And I know I even have those moments in my life. In fact, my word this year is 2020 because I've been so busy doing this year. I've been helping my daughter with my new grandson and so busy doing that I need to be, right? I need to right. just be. And I need to carve out that time, that thinking time, that alone time and, and figure out a good system for me, right? For 2020 right. as well too. And so talk through that process because I feel like there's people listening right now and just thinking, I feel numb too. Yeah. And walk them through that process of how to get out of that state. Yeah. Not only numb, but secure, right? You, you, it was safe. I was in a safe place. I could work at that bank until I retired, but it didn't challenge me. It wasn't great for the people who were around me. And so my word this year is rise up. And so I'm really focusing on rise up. And it's funny you say making the time to plan. I'm a big believer in three things a day. I, I have to knock out three things a day towards my goal. You also have to plan. It was funny because my, my youngest daughter, Francesca, she was probably in fifth grade and she had her to-do list. And on there, she said, thinking from three to four. And I said, what do you, why do you write that on there? And she said, mom, you have to plan the time to think. And I'm like, you know what? You're so right. You do have to plan that because it's important to grow and get that creative energy going and you have to plan for it. So I think that's what's helped me is her, her lesson when she was a young, young girl. <laughs> wow. Okay. This is powerful. Okay. So I decided that this, uh, this one's going to be called be challenged. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because I agree. It, it is when I'm safe and it is when things are going so smooth in my life. Right. right. And so, and so you have to stretch yourself out of that comfort zone and do things that you don't ordinarily do. And that's why I always say, say yes to things that you're afraid of. Right. Exactly. Right. Yes. The best things. Yeah. And we were in that mortgage meltdown. We both lost our jobs. The company we went, we worked for was bankrupt. We, it was just probably one of the lowest points in our life and here it's three years later we have good jobs we're safe we're secure and we walk out we resign like that that was very I felt like that was one of the most courageous things my husband and I did together not knowing where we were going but you know what we invested in ourselves we knew we could do it 
That's so cool. I just interviewed a couple uh, on my podcast. They did the same thing. They quit their jobs, their secure jobs in New Jersey and moved to California to start their own company. And same situation as what I'm talking to you, which is so cool. So here's, here's what I see. So the steps to be challenged, number one, which I love that you said this because I know that I talk a lot uh, from John Maxwell's training, the rule of five. And I love it that you said rule of three because that's actually (laughs) easier to remember, right? So three things that you have to do to get closer to your goal. I do a lot of uh, vision boarding. I'm looking at three boards. I have uh, one that I made personally and uh, uh, two other ones for my companies, right? So that I can share with my leaders This is my vision. I see our companies going. What do you think? Right. And strategize with them. Do you do a vision board or a dream board every year? No, but you've inspired me. I'm going to do one this year. And I never thought about doing one for the company too. And for the business. Like, I love that. I'm I'm actually going to do it. I'm going to send you a picture when I get him. I'm going to do two. I love that. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) If you're listening to this, make your own vision board because it's so fun. I actually was coaching a salon owner and I said, hey, better yet, if you have a blank wall, do a vision wall. So she did. She took up the challenge and did a whole wall. I told her, I said, I wish I had a wall. All I have is cardboard, you know, paper. I'm all about posters. I'm not about digitally making them because I want to be able to expand uh, your ability and to really dream big and think big and not limit yourself and not judge yourself too. But, uh, but I love that you said the rule of three. So, so talk to that person right now as they have their big vision, their big uh, goal that they have that they want to reach this year, let's say. So what is one of your number one goals for you this next year in 2020? And what would be your rule of three that you have? So a big goal I have is I've been working on an online course that I think can really help sales leaders. And um, it gets pushed to the side. I've been working on it for a year and everything gets pushed to the side. And so my goal, my rule of three is that every, I have it in my calendar already, the first quarter's done. So I mapped it out per quarter just to make it a little easier to visualize what I want to accomplish. So that's going to be released first quarter, but every single day I need to spend half hour, 20 minutes, just tweaking that content a little bit, creating the marketing I want around that. And then also I do coffee with Cindy videos and it's really helped. What ways has it helped me? Um, It's helped me kind of get my thoughts out and get uncomfortable, as you said, you know, just doing something that's a little uncomfortable. And so I've committed to next year, every Tuesday morning, a live coffee, because my long-term goal is to do more speaking and that will get me more comfortable. So they're not big things, just little things every single day. But at the end of the year, I mapped out, I am dot, dot, dot at the end of 2020. And so just having that visual saying it out loud. I have it in my planner, but then if I add my vision board on top of that, perfect. Hmm. Yes. It's going to happen. I can totally see it. Well, these are really powerful things, Cindy. I I thank you for sharing this because I think it's going to help someone really have clarity of what their rule of three is as they start to build out 
uh, their big dreams too. And that's actually one of our dreams too, is to build online courses as well too. So you just helped me to <laughs> that. It's so funny because I had written a book based on leadership blogs. I took my best of my leadership blogs and turned it and it's called Be a Leader. And it's actually a 52 leadership blogs that way people could do one every single week, right? For 10 minutes a week. I'm like, you can read for 10 minutes a week and have a challenge, exactly. right? right. To be a leader. And it helped to push me to write, right? Yeah. And so I thought that was really cool that you did the Coffee with Cindy videos. I think that's so cool. Are those on your website? They are, and they're also on YouTube and Facebook. But, um, you know, speaking of writing too, I interviewed a guy, he owns a, he doesn't like it to be called a wellness center because he said that sounds weak to him. It's like a health center. And he, he wrote some books. He wrote a book called Capacity that's been doing really well. And he was training a gentleman that was also a well-known author. And he said, how's your writing going? And he said, yeah, I, I work on it. And he said, the key is to create a really fun place that you enjoy going to. If it's just a room in your house or if it's a coffee shop, but make that a really special environment where you enjoy being in there and just commit to it like 15 minutes a day to your writing. And he, he did it. He followed his, he said, I got this really great spot in my house that I love to sit there, have a coffee, right? And um, so he inspired me to keep going with that because I haven't got too far in that. So I'm working on that. That's so cool. That's so funny. I have to do that. So that was number two, the thinking time that I thought you talked about, which I thought is cool because you have to schedule that out. Yeah. And have a thinking chair, a thinking spot. So even if I'm traveling, and I know you're traveling right now is around this podcast, when I get to the hotel or the Airbnb, I scope it out immediately. My husband knows what I'm doing. I go check out the gym and then I go see where my thinking chair is going to oh, be. I love that. Right? Because yeah. I have that alone time so that I can strategize and think through my day and never ever let a day go by without doing that right so I think that's number two uh, to rise up right to be challenged I love it so how else do you challenge yourself what would you think would be the next step I journal and I just started doing that and I love it so I I follow Brooke Castillo and she talks about like a thought download. So every night I do this thought download and it's helped me honestly, Tina, with negativity. I think we're our worst critic. And sometimes I'll think through the day and think, Oh, I should have said this, or I should have done that. And then what about that last week? And what about a month ago? And I should have, you know, I should have rolled that course out sooner, but with journaling, it's helped me to kind of clean my mind and think that's so negative that's okay. That wasn't the time to launch it. This is the time to launch it. And is this thought doing me any good to keep thinking it? No. And I'm controlling it. I'm the one it's all in my head. So make it positive. So the journaling every night has really helped with clarity, positive thinking, positive affirmations, and just not beating myself up over things I wish I would have done. Mm, that's so good. That's something I've been working on too. We're the same and uh, just getting rid of uh, complaining, right? And uh, getting rid of a negative statements about people. And I, I call it pray, don't say. And even yeah. with my husband, you know, like, let's, let's not talk about this. Let's just pray about it immediately. Right. And oh, I love it. So number three, journaling. I love that you just started journaling. Talk to that person right now that says, you know what? I can't journal. Every time I sit down 
with um, with a blank book. I have nothing to write, right? I have all these journals. I've heard people say, I'm just empty. I, I don't know what to say. Right. Well, I thought that too. And I, I never really seen the point of it. Like I do carry note, notebooks. Every single month I start a new notebook, but the intentional journaling if you don't have anything that you're thinking about, just start writing about the room, writing what happened in your day, you know, what you wore that day, who you talked to, and all of a sudden it just starts coming and then you think, all right, I just, I gotta stop now. This is good, I got a couple pages in, but I just have committed to it and it's really helped me and I wasn't a believer and now I am. That's so cool. I learned that actually from Paul Martinelli, who's the president of the John Maxwell team. He actually taught a course on the mentorship program called Authentic, Authentic Journaling. Oh, and did he? What he said is, he said, and this I started it doing this, is I found that you know beautiful spot in my home. I lit a candle, um, just whatever it took, mar uh, colored markers. I love colored markers, yeah. right? A really nice journal that I love and just sat there and he just said, you know, just don't judge any of your thoughts and write yeah. down everything that you're challenged with. And, and I actually started recently something new. It's called raw, getting raw with myself. So R A W. And so the first one is just reflect, like what is on my mind? What is heavy on my heart? And just writing all of those things and then analyze it. And where did those thoughts come from? Yeah. And then lastly, word, like what's an affirmation statement or a scripture that I could uh, use to back it up to be able to help get through uh, those negative emotions or the challenges that I'm going through. And so my next step is to try to repeat that seven times a day. So I need to be like your daughter and put that in my calendar. So I plan <laughs> out, right? Cause I'm like, I forgot to do it seven times yesterday. <laughs> So now I have to do it 14 today. <laughs> I know. There's so many great ways to do journaling for sure. And there's so many journals out there that can help walk you through this process right. too, that ask great questions to be able to do this as well too. So, um, and I love you talked about negativity and getting clarity and positive thinking. Let's, let's go forward and talk about Cindy's 12 step method to open up optimizing success. I can't even say the word, say it five times fast, right? And uh, talk about those 12 steps. What are those? And it really starts with, um, I work closely with a lot of sales leaders. That's kind of my niche is sales leaders. And so with that, there's a lot of inspiring the team because you want to grow, you want to continue to have those sales. And I think that could apply to almost any field. You want to, you know, create more customers, create more raving fans. So we talk through how to gain more clients, how to inspire the team, how to become a better leader. There's just so many things that we go through. We really customize it to each client that we work with and we're just having a ball. So for 30 years, I've been in the mortgage industry and now I'm helping people in the insurance industry and real estate industry. And it's just been so fun to really realize the principles are the principles and there's a lot that can, I kind of go back to that good to great. There's a lot where we can improve in so many ways with the, with the clients that we're working with and to help them to improve. I mean, so yeah, we, we love it. We start with the disc test though. That's like our step one to really see their strengths because it's so easy to build those strengths. And sometimes 
when we first meet with the client, they want to work on their weaknesses. And we're like, no, no, no. Let's just build on those strengths. And that's where we see the magic happen. Mm, yeah, I want to dig into that uh, a little bit deeper here in a moment because that is really powerful. I was just actually talking about that today. Uh, so I think number four, what I'm hearing you say, and it's something I've been learning, is have your avatar. So to be challenged, you've got to have your avatar. So I actually uh, walk through this process or I'm going to on my next online mastermind, which I'm really excited about it because I have a really cool worksheet to use for this too, you know? And I love the fact that you said sales leaders are your niche. Talk through that process and how does someone find their niche, like their target market? Because I think that's so important. And why do you think it's important? That's a really good question, Tina. I, I think it took me a long time to realize that was my niche. That's kind of what I naturally have always done, but didn't even realize it. I'm always like looking farther out, like what, what's my avatar? What's my niche? And then when I got that call from that employee's mom, it kind of was like, it's right here in front of me. It's always been right here in front of me. This is what I've done. I've, every sales team I've worked with has broke every single record nationally for any company we've worked with in our markets, um, our market share. And so, I realized this is what I love. This is what I'm doing every single day. But I was trying to look out further to find something different. And it was, it was right here all along. So that's, that's kind of how I found mine, that one phone call. And I, she's still with me today, that employee. It's kind of funny because she grew up babysitting my daughters. Mm. And then when she graduated college, she came and worked with me. And so um, we had a pretty close relationship. But it took her mom calling me saying, hey, get out of there to, for me to realize that. But I think it is important. There's been so many people that, I'll give you an example. There was a gentleman that he was a salesman and he was a good salesman. But if you asked him to talk about his product, all of a sudden you had a PowerPoint, a laser pen and all these examples. And I said, you really need to be a trainer. And he's like, no, no, no. I don't want to be a trainer. I'm a salesman. I'm a salesman. I'm like, no, you need to be a trainer. I mean, I could see it so clearly, but he couldn't. And so two years ago, he became a trainer. And I just, I was on the phone with him on my way to Indiana today. And he just got a really big promotion. And now he's leading a group of trainers. And I know I helped make a difference in his career because that was his strength. That was his avatar. He he's like, every day I love my job. Every day I love my job. And it was so easy for us to see it, but he didn't see that. Now wow. he does. That's so cool. It really uh, does take an outside coach because you're right. I think as human beings, all we do is look in the mirror and see all the flaws, right? Yeah. And yeah. we focus on what we're bad at. And we just are looking that comparison disease, right? of right. looking at other people and saying, well, oh, they sing. I really want to be able to sing. You I know. have a voice in you. What are you talking about? <laughs> I've always wanted to be a singer, but I'm really the tambourine player. Yeah, exactly. I'm the doo-wop <laughs> girl, you know? And <laughs> yeah, I love that you said that because I think it's so important to stay focused in one area. That's one of the things that I coach salon owners uh, to coach their team. So my teams, we have we're building our fourth salon right now and the ones that built really fast so those ones that are doing hundred thousand behind the chair two hundred thousand dollars behind the chair it's because they had a niche right yeah. 
they had that one area that they were an expert in. And so it doesn't mean that they can't do other things. Right. What it does is it sets you apart from the competition, so to speak, of saying, oh my gosh, there's an expert in blonding. We've got to go to her. And so here, all these people would travel an hour away and, and, you know, they could have gone maybe five minutes away if somebody had been marketing themselves as a, as a blonding expert. But instead here, they have to go to someone that's an hour away (laughs) to drive. I know. I did. I go to somebody for my color. I go to somebody for my cut, somebody for my brows. My husband's always like, why don't you just have one person do it all? I'm like, no. You go to the experts in those fields. So I, I yeah. agree a hundred percent that How you, do you market yourself. It is. Yeah. yeah. It's and I think sometimes they think it's, it will cost them the niche. Yeah. Like, but you can't be everything to all people. So why not have that niche? You can't be everything to all people. That's perfectly said. I love that. Yes. Have your niche and exactly who you want to service. And, and I realize, and, and I hearing it from you too, because of, of my failure in business. So I failed in the salon business. And with that failure, I was like, you know what? That didn't happen to me. That happened through me for other people. And so now my niche is salon owners that feel like they're failing and I want to help them. I don't want them to feel the pain that I had. There's something about human nature that we don't want people to go through what we went through. Like we want to do anything at all costs to help people to set them up for success. It's just something that's ingrained in them. And I know that is for you too, Cindy. Where did that come from for you to help people? Well, first of all, I think that's so brave of you to kind of admit that this wasn't my strength. Sometimes I think we get caught into hiding that. And yeah. not I for 10 open. years. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so yep. mm-hmm. I think that's key is just, I don't know, maybe with age, we, we become a little more confident to share what some of our struggles were so that we can help others. Um, it's probably one of my natural things. I just enjoy it. I, I love doing that. And some days, you know, when we get caught into those, oh, today I have to do this and today I have to do that. And oh my gosh, what my schedule is just so crazy. And I stop and I'm like, no, I'm going to just pour into every single person today. It's not about me. I'm going to pour into them. And then I end up having just a beautiful day because I've poured into them. So I kind of have a secret which that's one of my steps too, is that we always hire our weaknesses, right? Their strengths are our weaknesses, but um, is that we want to have 1200 testimonials unsolicited by the end of the year. Mm. And so we're, we're collecting them and it's kind of, I think a little selfish on our part because we just love reading those and seeing them, but it just kind of reaffirms how important it is to pour into everybody every single day. And that's, you know, that's, that's how we feel. That's where we get our happiness. Yes. That needs to go on your vision board. I love that. 1200 testimonials unsolicited by year end. That's huge. I love that because it, it makes you step up your culture. It makes you step up your experience, your service. Everything. Yeah. I love that. So I'll make that number five, hire your weakness. And I, I think this is going to be really important uh, for everyone to hear this because here's the challenge. One is too small a number to achieve greatness. And I bet there was a time that you tried to go things alone. How did that feel? And what, what's that untold story of transformation for you? Because being a people pleaser, right. I bet you want to do everything, right? 
Yeah. Talk through that process. I think I'm a pretty good delegator. Um, so early on, I was in sales myself and um, had young children and wanted to work very few hours and achieve great results. And so I knew my strength wasn't the paperwork, the organization, that type of stuff. Mine was in front of the people. So every time I would get in front of a typewriter to enter the paperwork, I would think, I should be talking to another person. I should be talking to another person. So this was early in my career. I hired an assistant right away. And then there was a time where I overthought it and thought, you know what, I'm not going to invest that money into that person right now. I'm going to do it on my own. And I remember the day, it was so funny, Tina, because for 10 years I had an assistant. I would just write these notes at the end of the day, here, do this, do this, do this. And then the next morning after I didn't have an assistant, I came in and that pile was there for me. And I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing? And sometimes I think we think we have to make money to hire somebody, but we have to hire somebody to make money. It's, it's opposite. And so I've always thought hiring my weaknesses, but also there, I have an assistant right now who she's a millennial, smarter, faster, quicker. Like they just, they have so many strengths that I don't have. And she does for sure. And it's helped me tremendously. And I love giving her the challenges and she takes ownership. And then, you know, we've created a team around us. Just I, our CEO of Union Home where I work, he says, hire above, below and beside. And I have so many people above that I've hired that helped me through my day. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm totally with him. I love that hire above, below and beside. Yeah. This is why our companies run so well because I do hire my weaknesses and I'm not afraid to hire my weaknesses. And, but the hardest part for me is to train uh, my team because they are, have so much strengths in them, right? They can do it all. They, they love to do it all, but getting them to say no to those things and only yes to the best of staying in their strength zone. Because like you said, if they should be in front of people, I want you in front of people all right. day. Exactly. <laughs> Get out of that office. <laughs> Exactly. And you can't be at all. It's funny. I read the book Clockwork. Have you ever read that? No, I have not. Well, he um, talks about delegating and hiring around because I think sometimes people do struggle with that. Like, oh, well, this is my customer base that I've built and I can't trust anyone else to treat them the way I treat them. And it holds them back. And he said, if you think about probably one of the most difficult industries to delegate in would be art. So if you're an artist, how do you delegate the painting, right? You have to be right. the painter. And he said, quite honestly, the only thing many artists paint is just the face. They have assistants that paint the background, the tree, whatever, the scenery, they paint the face and they've delegated everything else. So that really resonated with me that everything can be delegated. Anyone can do my job. Yeah. I have those strengths. It's yeah. It doesn't have to be me. It doesn't have to be me. I just have to help them pull those strengths out to do it. Oh, that's so good. I love that. Yeah. So talk to that person. Cause I do on my online uh, masterminds, there's a lot of entrepreneurs and many of them do do coaching 
as well too, or, you know, uh, counselors that we have, right? And they won't hire an assistant. And they said, well, I can't find anybody. So help them find somebody and talk them through the process. Yeah, I think that you you have to find the great attitude. You can always teach them the skills, but that disc test, you, you off, you're a disc certified, I'm just certified. That disc test that you know, they take where it shows their personality strengths. That's such a great tool in hiring people. But anytime I'm looking for somebody, I'll put it out on social media. You just get inundated with people. And there's so many Indeed and different LinkedIn, different, what do you call them? Just different avenues where you can, yeah. you know, put that post out there looking for somebody, but they're out there and they're just waiting. They're just waiting for a good opportunity like that. and. I think it's not so much that they can't find a great person is that they're scared to let go. Yes, I yeah. agree. They're scared to let go. Mm -hmm. They are. And, okay. and it's okay. And there's different tricks we talk about. So when hiring an assistant, I always tell salespeople, have your assistant call and say, Tina wanted me to call and ask you this. Tina asked me to follow up on this so that you're still branding your name, but you just have to teach that assistant how to continue that brand. And then the customer feels a little more comfortable because they know you've asked this person to call. They know you've overseen whatever it is that you know they're calling about. And it brings some comfort to the customer, but also continues to brand that salesperson. I personally think it makes you look more successful too. So if you have an assistant that you have to go through as well, they're like, wow, they must be really busy if they have an assistant. <laughs> right. You think of all like physicians, attorneys, oh. they don't answer their phone. They don't do their, right. take their paperwork. They, you know, they do what they are great at and they yes. learned to delegate everything else. Yes, there you go. So number five, hire your weaknesses. And I think going along with that for number six is you've got to be a better leader because you talked about that, that you help people to become better leaders because that's the challenge because most leaders don't know how to hold their people accountable and they get frustrated with them. Instead right. of talking to them, they talk about them because right. they struggle with that accountability piece. And I know that that could take us two weeks to discuss Right. But give a, little, a few nuggets to someone of how to have hard conversations with their team on accountability and empowering. You know, I've had to have a lot of hard conversations, um, but they're adults. They're adults. And I think sometimes managers rather than leaders, I've heard this over and over and it just, I cringe. Oh, I hate adult babysitting. Well, it's because you look at it that way, right? Yeah. You're looking at it that way. And it's not adult. It makes me sad. It does yeah. make me sad. And mm -hmm. so having that relationship where you can talk through things, you know, investigate before you make a decision or a conclusion. A lot of times I love asking questions. I love asking questions. Some of them are leading questions. Some are just to fact find. And what I have found most often when I have to have a difficult conversation, that person wasn't aware. They weren't even aware that this is how it was coming across. But then I've had those conversations too where maybe it's just not a good fit. And it doesn't mean that they're a bad person or I'm a bad person. Just together, we're not great together. And so we agree that you know maybe we need to separate. 
even with that, I wish them the best. I stay friends. I, it, I try never to take it personal because it's not. It's not. It's just in their life at this time, maybe we're just not a great fit. But I still love them, and I wish them all the success in the world. And what's funny is over the years, people cycle back through. And so I've had people that we've had to separate from, they've left or we've asked to leave, that are now, we're now back working together. You know, yeah. it's just, the, the world ends up getting smaller and smaller. But I think, let the ego go. It's not about you, it's about them, is, is the key. And anytime we start feeling uncomfortable, I believe it's because we're thinking too much of ourselves. Mm. We start thinking about them and how they're going to feel with this conversation. That's a lot easier conversation to have with that employee. That's so good. So I put down uh, to be a better leader, first of all, always, and this is one of our culture pieces, go and asking. So we never go and telling. We always go and asking. And, uh, and I think part of that is finding people's strengths. And, yeah. and find out what's good about them. In fact, I ended up, I had an assistant doing a lot of my administrative uh, capabilities for me so I wouldn't have to spend so much time, right? And I'm not good at it anyway. And, uh, and I realized that she wasn't able to complete tasks because some of the tasks were out of her strength zone. So I kept her in her strength zone and hired a second assistant. Yeah. Right? And so that second assistant and then the second assistant wasn't able to take on everything. So I hired a third assistant. So I actually have three assistants plus my executive director, right? And so you may end up because I want to keep them in their strength zone. It ends up costing me the same, you know, because right. I'm not having that one person full time, right? And so, but they, obviously you hired them. So they have some strengths, exactly. right? And exactly. so maybe you could work around that and help them to learn, but you have to know their strengths. And I love, love, love that you said, find people's strengths. And both of us are DISC trainers and we can give DISC assessments, D-I-S-C. It's a great way for a hiring tool. So talk about DISC and why that's important to you. And what do you, how do you utilize it to coach people? Oh, yes. I love the DISC. I've been using it for years. And so with the four personality types, the D, the driver, the I, influence, S, steady, and C, compliant, with sales, sales leaders, you're hiring salespeople. And what I find often is, not often, but sometimes people will say, you know, they, they weren't that strong of a salesperson at their previous company. But if they were here, I think they would be really strong. Or if they're working with me, I can help them to become a better salesperson. And that may be true, but the disc will tell you. The disc will tell you. You look at that and you think, you know what? As much as you think they want to be a salesperson, they're really an operational type person. You know, they're really compliant or they're behind the scenes. They, they're very uncomfortable to make the sales calls. And then the same holds true on the opposite. You think, oh, this person would be a great, a great leader. Let's bring them in. We do the DIS test. And the DIS test will also show good listener, egos, different things like that when you read through it. And like, maybe not their strongest suit to be a leader. But you know what? They would be on fire with this role or that role. So I, I love the DISC. Um, I like that, you know, going into kind of what their fears are. You know, like a, a, a high D person doesn't want to be taken advantage of. And 
I think that's important that you, you know that with your employees so that just little things, you know, giving them the credit for any idea they have, they, that really feeds well into a high D personality in the eyes. It's that disc personality is not only great with employees, but also customers. So if you're working with a high eye customer, you better spend some time talking about family and different things going on in their world. Cause they, that's what they enjoy. And we can feed right into that. So I just, I'm a big believer in that disc test. I am too. I love that you said that. I think that's so important to really keep it. And it's interesting because you might have somebody that has, uh, that wants to be a leader. I've had people, I just want to be a leader, right? But if right. you look at the disc personality assessment, it doesn't show leadership capability, but right. what you could is groom them in a smaller leadership position. So create a position. So, so what on the org chart, it doesn't have that position. You can right. create a smaller set of leadership. I've created positions in my company where I have actually team members leading masterminds within our company. We call it leaders made here because yeah. hey, why don't you train on leadership? Right. The leader of the leadership training, exactly. you know, having many leadership trainings, masterminds going on in our company at all times. That's my dream is that this would be happening with every single one of my staff members. So 2020, one of my goals is, is that every single one of them is plugged in some sort of mastermind, right? And leadership training, because you don't graduate from leadership. You don't go to, you don't just listen to our podcast or go to a <laughs> seminar. Hey, I'm a leader. Shoot. I've been studying this since 2013, even before that. But until, you know, both you and I became leadership um, Maxwell coaches. And so it's like, wow, this is open up my eyes that I don't know a thing. Right. Like the more I know, the more I realize I don't know. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. That's so true. I love learning. So in the evenings, a lot of times, like it's just enjoyable for, enjoyable for me to take an online course and study something rather than, you know, watch TV. I think oh, I have so much to learn, so much to learn. And even with that disc test too, I'll just add that sometimes salespeople will find that they're really number focused and they want to spend that time talking to the customer about numbers and explaining the numbers and they think that's adding value. And then when we kind of go through that disc profile, you realize that that's not adding value. Of course, they need to know the numbers, but to sit and focus and try and educate a high eye on the numbers is just, you're going to lose that customer. You're going to lose that attention span. There's different things that can add value based on that disc test too. Oh, that's good. I love that. You're right. And I would have to say in majority in our field, in the beauty industry, most people are high eyes, right? Yep, yep. Be around people. And so every time we talk numbers, they shut down completely. Yep. So talk through that process. What would that look like? What types of conversations that you could have other than number talking? Well, if you're working with a high eye or um, your employees, a high eye, then you definitely want to have them working with the public. But I think in your case, if you're a stylist and you're a high eye, but someone in your chair is a C, they're going to love to hear about the shampoo they're using, the conditioner, the product, why they should use it, all that research and stuff. They could really feed into that rather yeah. than a high C personality isn't going to want to sit there and talk chit chat. They want to know facts and what's going on and research and 
So I think there's just so many ways. And that's what we love to do in the coaching program too, is really help them understand their customers in ways to add value rather than how they feel it would add value. It's nice. What adds value to that customer. Yeah. Speak to people the way they want to be spoken to. Exactly. This is just a quick, simple way to do it. And you're right. You can identify these personality styles. Once you go through one assessment for yourself, you can start to identify them in your customers. And I start walking around and thinking, I bet they're a high D or they're a high higher <laughs> in the same way. <laughs> It's I know it's fun. And then your family, you start assessing them and yes. like, stop. Yes. Well, the thing is, is leaders are readers of people. And yeah. so if you want to be a leader, you have to read your people. If you want to influence, you have to show people how much you care. It's not how much you know. And this is one way to show how much you care because you're connecting. Right. With them. And so what I heard you say, so number seven I'm hearing is invest in yourself. So maybe it's taking online courses. Uh, maybe it's a mastermind. Maybe it's a mastermind uh, with you on OptimizeSuccess.com to yep. get involved with you. So talk about your programs that you offer and what's the best way to get a hold of you. Yeah, it's um, through our website, OptimizeSuccessCoaching.com. And we are currently in the middle of a mastermind. We're having a so much fun with that. Um, we do some one-on-one -on -one coaching. We're getting ready to roll out um, first quarter. I, I mentioned the online course, but also in my age group, <laughs> we've noticed that there's changes in careers. And I've been approached by several really high-performing high women who want to give back and who want to help coach and train as well. So we've been working with them to roll out a program where it's not quite as intense, but definitely they can share some of their wisdom, their leadership skills, their sales skills with other women, other female. And honestly, it hasn't even been just female. We've had a lot of men in our program too, and we just love helping them as well. But um, the, the, the coaches are all women. Yeah. Yeah. No, Really amazing. I love that, that you're doing that. So talk about your book real quick that you're working on and when's it, when's it going to be out? My goal is the end of 2020. It's on my list and I'm just, you know, I'm trying to write a few pages per day on different things and I've kind of went all across the board. And so I need to get, I need to get clarity on that. Leadership. I love that's my biggest strength. I think I've been able to, um, I have very low attrition. So once people start working with me, beside me, above me, below me, um, they stay. So in my, my current office, I've, I have never had anyone leave. They yeah. haven't resigned. So um, we have 17 salespeople in that office. So I think Incredible. that's a lot. Yeah. And yeah. some of these people have been with me since 01. Um, so we're writing a lot of stories about that and sharing some of the, you know, the hardships and how we got through it and how we persevered. But then I'm also on a quest to get healthier too. And I think that we get so caught up in business that sometimes we forget about self-love mm -hmm. and taking care of ourselves. And so I'm starting to add some of that in there as I'm working through it myself. So I can't say the title. I don't have the title yet. 
it's just kind of all my thoughts in one, but we're working through it to have, hopefully have something out by the end of the year. But I hope, oh, cool. you know, it's like that self-doubt kicks in too. And so we're trying to work through that. It's a work in progress. Yes. I love that. Trust me. It took me four years to get my first book out because of all the limiting beliefs that I had, I was struggling with. And I believe every single person has a book in them because we all have life stories that we need to tell. And so what I heard you say, and I, I chose this as number nine, to be challenged, you have to be healthy. Yeah. And so that that's a given you have like health as well. Right. Right. And so I love that you said that Cindy. And so, uh, what last piece of advice do you have to be challenged? To be challenged. We talked a little bit about it, but honestly, every single day, do something to make yourself uncomfortable. And it's so easy just to say it. It is until you have to do it until you have to do it. We all, we can sit here right now on this podcast and say, oh, I for sure could do that. Yeah, I can be uncomfortable. But until you really do it every single day, and it changes every day, right? Because then you get comfortable. Yeah. So one thing I love to do is I love to cold call and prospect with people I don't know. And I realized through the years that that's a big fear for people. And they don't like that. They like a warm referral or a warm call, but I love the challenge of, of cold calling. I probably enjoy that more than the follow-up calls. So um, I just encourage the people listening to this to, to go out of your comfort zone and do something very uncomfortable that is towards your goal though, towards your goal, not just something crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are some examples of things that you've done to challenge yourself that's uncomfortable? Uh, well, the, the live Facebooks, those make me so nervous. That's one thing. And I did it one day and I was like, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I got to do that every Tuesday. Um, I think public speaking is always, the more we do it, the more comfortable we become with that. Um, speaking up, I think sometimes we just keep it in and think maybe it's not appropriate to speak up. And I've spoken up a lot more recently in a very professional manner, but definitely hearing my voice. So my word, you know, rise up, that's speak up, show up a little more to things where I've just kind of kept it in and maybe grumbled about it to my husband or something. But no, I'm speaking up more and asking for more. That's really uncomfortable. Um, I was talking to a gentleman on the way here and we were negotiating. He's one of my uh, clients I coach and we were negotiating a raise for him and he was going to go to his employer and talk about it. And I find that it's really easy for me to tell them how to do it. And I don't always do that stuff for myself. Mm -hmm. So that's uncomfortable. So there's just, you know, whatever it is inside us, there's all these little demons and we got to just work through them. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you fear you should do next. I love yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. As long as it's towards your goal, right? As long as it's towards your goal. Yeah. Just don't yeah. waste time. <laughs> yes. You hear something on a podcast and I'm like, oh, I should actually do that. Right. And I love the fact that you said speaking up because that's something I'm really challenging all my staff members to do more of, to speak up to their supervisors and their mentors. And then I love that you said live Facebook. Cause I think that's, you know, a challenge for most people, but it's a great way to build authentic leadership as you're vulnerable. People want to do business with you, right? Cause they're right. like, oh, they're real. 
Right. And we, and we think, oh my gosh, the lighting, my hair, my outfit, what am I going to say? What if I pot, what if I say too many ums or whatever? And I was talking to a woman recently who had done a lot of TV interviews and she said to prepare for that, she had to focus on her eyes. So instead of looking at her whole face and what she was saying, she would just kind of focus like how her eyes looked. And she was always happy with her eyes. And she said it took all this pressure off. And so just little tricks like that, you think, oh, I would have never thought of that. But if I just kind of focus on like, I got great eyes, I'll just look at this person, you know, you can get through it rather than what we feel are our potential flaws. What a cool idea. I love that. Yeah. Instead of staring at those wrinkles, stare at those eyes. Stare at those eyes. (laughs) That's good advice for me. I love it. And what I heard you say and something I'm trying to really train my team on is uh, ready, fire, aim. So stop aiming. Aim, 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 aim. Just fire away. Like get that book out. Just get it done. Right. And And I kept second guessing myself with my book thinking it's not ready. It's not ready. No, just fire and you can aim later. You can right. always, you know, do some copyrights, right? And, exactly. and, get it and make some changes, right? So I think that's really important. So Cindy, I cannot thank you enough for being a part of this and challenging all of us to be challenged. What last piece of advice before we get off the call? We're never good the first time. That's right. I love that. That always gives me grace. Like, okay, it's my first time or my second time. I'll get better as I go. So I love that advice from John Maxwell. Yep. So just get over it. Just get over it. <laughs> you know no one's worrying about you as much as you are. <laughs> right. Thank you, Cindy. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to send us your stories of transformation through www.tinablack.net. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it a rating and subscribe. See you next time.